Hey friend, this is Ben Liston, Senior Pastor of the Stanton First Church of God. I want to personally thank you for joining us today here on our podcast. I hope the message is challenging, encouraging, and builds your faith. Now enjoy the message. This is a wonderful time of the year for the church, and although on this Easter Sunday in 2020, we are not together physically, it is the Spirit of the risen Christ that binds us together. And so today I hope that through the preaching of the Word and through the worship that has taken place, that you will recognize and become to know the risen Christ. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We're going to begin reading in verse number 12. The Bible says, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this day. We thank you for the fact that Jesus Christ conquered death and hell and the grave, and he stands in victory today. We thank you for what peace and hope that that gives us. Lord, I pray that as you have led me to preach this message this morning, that you would anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, and that you would be honored and glorified, and that we would look to a risen Savior for whatever our need is today. Lord, I pray for those that are watching that might not know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray today would be their day of salvation. Lord, use this, use this message to shine the light of Christ brightly, and may many come to know you the words that are spoken. Lord, I pray that you would do the preaching today. I pray that you would anoint our ears and our hearts to receive your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, Amen. Hal Lindsay said this, Man can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, about eight minutes without air but only for one second without hope. I don't know if you know this or not, but in the, in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, we find over 121 different scriptures that speak of hope, the hope that we have for those that are in Jesus Christ. In the opening verse of this chapter, the Apostle Paul reminds us of the truth and hope of Christ's resurrection from the dead. 
Furthermore, he establishes it as a vital and foundational doctrine. In fact, he tells us that it is an essential component of the gospel of grace in verses 3 and 4. With that in mind, he proceeds to offer some proof that Jesus did indeed raise from the dead in verses 5 through 8. Now, Paul is writing under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to remind us that the resurrection is essential to salvation and to any hope of heaven. In an effort to awaken the Corinth believers and also to awaken us today to the importance of the resurrection, he paints a dismal picture of what life would look like without the resurrection. You see, if there had been no no resurrection from the dead, then we would be in sad shape this morning. There would be no celebration. But praise God, the tomb is empty. And I want us to notice two things laid out in these verses of Scripture that Paul shows us about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But more importantly, Paul reminds us and establishes for us the hope that we have in the resurrection. The first thing I want you to consider this morning is a bitter hypothesis. A bitter hypothesis. Paul here in verses 12 to 19 paints this picture of what it looks like if there was no resurrection. The first thing that he tells us in the word is that there is no foundation Paul reminds us that if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Jesus did not rise again. If he is dead, then everything we believe, in it comes crashing down around us. If there is no resurrection from the dead, then Jesus himself is no better than the tens of thousands of people that we have seen in our history who claim they have been sent from God. If it is true and there is no resurrection from the dead, then the very system of belief that you and I cherish so deeply is nothing more than just another religious religious effort that offers life and hope to no one. If Jesus is still in the tomb today, then our way of life is a farce, and we are among the greatest fools to have ever walked upon the planet. For if Jesus is dead, then our system of belief is dead. Our foundations have crumbled beneath us, and we might as well just pack it up and go home. We might as well just close up shop, quit the ministry, quit proclaiming the gospel, because it is the foundational truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which enables us to take his gospel to a lost and dying world. Paul says... Without the resurrection, there is no foundation. Further, in verses 14 and 16 uh, through 16, he also establishes that there would be no faith. In these three verses, the great apostle Paul moves to paint an even more sobering portrait of how things would be if Jesus were indeed dead today. He tells us three areas that are truly... um, that are truly off base if Jesus is dead. The first thing that we must consider 
if Jesus is dead, if he did not rise again, then there is no faith. There is no place we can put our trust. Furthermore, not only is there no faith, but Paul also paints a picture of there being no forgiveness. As if things couldn't get any worse already. Paul now tells us that Jesus, if Jesus isn't alive, then we are still lost. We are hell bound and still in our sins this morning. The heart of the gospel message is the great truth that Jesus Christ rose again. It's the great truth that Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, justified us, according to Romans chapter 4 and verse number 25. If Jesus is still dead, then we cannot be justified and we are still lost in our sin this morning. If he is dead today, then we are still looking for a redeemer and we are still headed for a place that is called hell. And then in verses 18 and 19, Paul makes it clear to us that if Jesus is dead, if there was no resurrection, then there is no future. Paul now moves beyond this life to consider things of an eternal nature. He tells us that if Jesus is still dead, then we have no hope for a future at all. But notice two terrible things that are true if Jesus did not rise from the dead. In verse 18, he makes it clear that if Jesus did not raise from the dead, then our loved ones who have gone before us are gone forever. Heaven is a cruel joke. Mom and dad are gone forever. Sons and daughters are gone. Brothers and sisters are gone. Grandparents are gone. If there is no resurrection from the dead. Secondly, we have lived our lives in vain. If the resurrection is not true. If Jesus is dead, then we have lived our lives in complete vain. Paul is saying that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then every child of God has wasted their life in living for Jesus. We have, a, we have believed a lie and we are headed for hell. If the Bible lied about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, then you and I can't believe anything else the book tells us. Now all of this paints a pretty bleak picture for us. If there is no resurrection from the dead, then we are all in real trouble. If there is no resurrection from the dead, then all of us must seek help of a psychiatrist because we've gone flat crazy. We've been given over to a delusion. We have been completely fooled if there is no resurrection. But thank God, aren't you glad that Paul did not stop his writing in verse 19. But in verse 20, he stands like a majestic lighthouse pointing the way of hope and safety and salvation because he proclaims not just hope, but a blessed hope, a blessed truth that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Look at verse number 20 with me again. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Paul states, for the record, the thrilling fact that Jesus 
did indeed rise from the dead. He lives this morning just like the Bible says he does. The story penned by the gospel writers aren't just the ranting of crazy men, but are in fact the truth of God and the means of salvation for lost souls. When the angel told the woman that Jesus was risen, his witness was true. He lives, he lives. Now because he lives, all of those negatives that I spoke about just a moment ago are transformed into positives. He lives, therefore, our foundation is firm. The bedrock of our faith is true. Jesus lives and Christianity stands as the only valid means whereby a lost sinner can reach God, the God of heaven. Not only is our foundation firm, but also our faith is now genuine. Our preaching power our preaching has power. Our faith is real. Our witness is true. Jesus lives and we stand vindicated in our faith and in our claims concerning Him. It is not a waste of time to trust Jesus. It is not an exercise in vanity to believe in the one called Jesus. He lives and because He lives, our faith lives also, not only do we have a genuine faith, but also we have our forgiveness is accomplished. You see, because he lives, we are no longer lost in sin, but we have been delivered by his blood and have been justified by his life. Now our sins have been washed away as far as the east is from the west. We have been forgiven and we have been redeemed. Our forgiveness is accomplished, but also our future is secure. Oh, our loved one who died in faith lives on and awaits our arrival in glory. There is a heavenly home waiting for all of God's children on the other side. In this life, we can enjoy the, uh, the victory but in the life to come, we can enjoy the presence of the one who died in our place upon the cross and gave us the victory. Yes, negatives have become positives, but despair has also been changed into hope for all who receive Jesus Christ and trust him by faith. There is hope. We do have hope today. As I was preparing this week for the message, I could not get out of my mind these words penned by the hymn writer, William Shell. He wrote this, Have we any hope within us of a life beyond the grave? In the sweet and vernal lands, do we know if this our tabernacle were to be dissolved, we've a house not made with hands? Blessed hope we have within us is an anchor to the soul. It is both steadfast and sure. It is founded upon the promises of Father's written word and will evermore endure. We have a hope within our souls 
brighter than the perfect day. God has given us His Spirit, and we want the world to hear it. All of our doubts are passed away. Yes, we have hope. Yes, Jesus has risen from the dead. And because He lives, hope lives. Because Jesus lives, you and I can be saved by grace. Because He lives, we can have our sins washed away forever. Because He lives, we can go to heaven when we leave this world. Because He lives, the grave has no power over those who believe. Because He lives, eternal life and the kingdom of God is ours, is our present possession. Because He lives, one day we too will live with Him in that heavenly city. Because He lives, I'll never have to take a step in this world alone. Because He lives, there is hope, there is help, and there is a home awaiting for us in eternity. Because He lives, I'm alive. Because He lives, my sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. Because He lives, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Because He lives, God is my Father. Because He lives, sin has no more dominion over me. Because He lives, I am saved. And because He lives, hope is alive. Hey friend, thanks again for listening. I hope this message was a blessing to you. For more information about our church, go to our website at www.stantonfcog.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Stanton First Church of God. If this message helped you in any way, hit the share button below. Thanks again for listening, and always remember, God loves you, and so do I.